F8 is more than a bunch of Facebook geeks in the conference hall listening to Zuckerbergisms. It's Facebook's annual conference where they announce their Facebook, Instagram, messaging and WhatsApp roadmap. I talk about what this means for marketers and subsequently what some of your competitors are already doing. Plus, is HubSpot too expensive? It's a question I get asked almost weekly and my answer is probably not one everyone agrees with. All that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to Inbound Buzz. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq, and welcome to episode number 102. Jeez Louise, it's been a while, hasn't it? It's like I hit the 100, hit the century, and I thought, I'll take a couple of months off. So it's good to be back. It's fantastic to be back and to bring you some new, fresh, inbound marketing goodness. Now, this episode will not fail to deliver. I've got some big news, some big things coming out of the Facebook camp. So let's jump straight into it. A couple of weeks ago, Facebook held their F8 Developer Conference. Now, F8 is Facebook's annual conference where a whole bunch of geeks get together in a room and and laugh and clap at a whole bunch of some things that Mark Zuckerberg says. But all that aside, it is where they they do announce new features, highlights, and honestly, it's a really good indicator of the direction the company's heading. You can always tell where these guys are heading. The big theme of F8 this year, for Mark Zuckerberg anyway, He proclaimed, the future is private. And by that, Facebook is acknowledging most of the growth around closed networks. We're talking about WhatsApp, Messenger, groups, right? These closed networks where you're interacting with friends and family and and people you want to. Now, this isn't news breaking. If you've been following social media uh, for a while, you can see where Facebook is going with this anyway. They always have been. You know, I've been talking about, well, probably last two, three years now, Messenger, 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 bots and that sort of thing. But it's very interesting to see the next evolution of that and where Facebook is heading. Now, this isn't designed to be an F8 summary to cover every single thing, you know, like things like end-to-end encryption and the fact that Messenger is getting faster. That's all awesome. That's all great. These are sort of my marketing takeaways. Like what does F8 mean for marketers? So the first insight is Facebook is pushing Messenger as the new hub of personal social communication. Not Facebook as a traditional Facebook app. It is now Messenger. Um, The ability to call and message friends and family, not only on Facebook and Messenger, but also on Instagram and WhatsApp. Of course, you can already do a lot of this. You can call people on Facebook, uh, on Messenger, and even on Instagram and on WhatsApp as well. But siloing all of that together in one app, Messenger is going to be the hub for all of that. So you can communicate to any friends, family, doesn't matter what app they're on. And honestly, uh, I don't mind that. I really don't because me personally, I don't like WhatsApp. I don't like how people expect a response on WhatsApp even faster than text sometimes. And I know myself, I know my weaknesses. My notifications are off during the the day or even uh, outside of the business day. My notifications are off so I can go in when I want. Um, But the idea of only looking at one or following one is is, uh, nice to me because I do have Messenger uh, notifications on. Now, there is a new tab coming in Messenger, which is almost like a feed, and they're calling it the dedicated place for your closest connections, friends, and family. Stories will have a greater prominence, and I guess the way to think about it is, if you remember sort of Snapchat, if you, I've, 
I dumped it once Instagram sort of took off. But Snapchat, where you go there, there's a tab and you can see all your friends and family, what they're doing. This is going to be the new tab in Messenger. Uh, and it's interesting that, that that choice of language that they use, your closest connections, friends and family, your closest. That's what they want Messenger to really be about. Uh, there'll be the ability to watch videos together. Now, you can already have watch parties on Facebook, but watching videos together on Instagram. The Messenger, another new thing is the Messenger desktop app, which is very interesting for businesses. Now, speaking of Messenger for business, the, the comment above around, you know, Messenger being the closest thing, you know, the go-to place for your friends and family and closest connections, that's not to discount businesses and Messenger's role there. There are over 40 million businesses active on Messenger monthly and 300,000 active bots. And all those bots, of course, you know, they're being used by businesses, not people. Uh, a cool feature is actually coming uh, to Messenger soon, and that's the ability to have a booking feature that can be integrated with calendar systems. So a customer could go onto Messenger, uh, see your availability in your calendar, and this is really awesome for businesses that you know operate in availability type scenarios like barbers or removalists or that sort of thing, and then they can book appointments based on open time slots. So that, that is a huge push around Messenger. The next insight was WhatsApp wants to be the Western WeChat. Now, when you look at WeChat, you do everything in WeChat uh, in China, right? So WeChat is the go-to. That's their Facebook. That's their Instagram. That's their, fa their Messenger. Everything. Uh, you pay your bills in WeChat. You buy, you know, you do online commerce on WeChat a lot more than with the, I guess the Western world uses WhatsApp for business or Messenger for business. Now, this is the huge focus. Facebook wants to create in the consumer's mind that WhatsApp is the fastest and the best way to get a response from a business. That's their focus here. Now, once consumers realize that the way, this is the way to go, that's the way to connect with businesses and they've established that behavior, then they'll be able to monetize it further. At F8, they shared a couple of case studies where there was a cake business that had a 37% increase in sales and 60% of their businesses closed through WhatsApp. Of course, those results don't apply to most businesses, but what it does show, they are making a major play here and consumers are already being conditioned to treat this I guess, as the WeChat of the Western world. So that's what Zuckerberg wants to do. He's got a history of just stealing features from other platforms, you know, a la uh, Snapchat. So that's exactly what they want to do. As a side note, I will point out, now I say this as a side note because this is not news. It's not from the FA conference. There is already a WhatsApp business app, if you didn't know already. So there is a business app that you can download on your smart device uh, or, or your PC and Mac and communicate and interact with consumers there. This hasn't been, especially in the Australian market anyway, it hasn't taken off hugely and that's because businesses haven't yet figured out how to reconcile this and live chat and their other support systems and messenger but it is a good idea to get your head around this infrastructure before it does become the WeChat of the Western world. There are a couple of new features coming as well, particularly on the business side. The first is a business product catalog. Soon you'll be able to upload your entire catalog if that's the, even if you're in the B2B market, right? You can upload the services that you have as a catalog and also send and receive money. Now they've already trialed this successfully in India and this is something they've announced they will be rolling out. So WhatsApp wants to be the Western WeChat. Good for them. Watch this space. The next insight is Facebook is moving towards public communities and services. 
So Facebook had recently said before the F8 conference that they will start downplaying the newsfeed. And after the F8 conference, we now know what they mean by that. Honestly, the primary casualty of F8 is the humble old newsfeed. The newsfeed where you go there and you see updates by friends and families, uh, groups, pages that you follow, albeit not as much as you used to. This is going to have a major overhaul. Now, it's not a surprise when you do look at the stats. And according to Social Media Examiner and their new Social Media Industry Report, which is a report they release every single year, for the first time in five years, Facebook has lost share as the most important platform for marketers, dropping from 67% in 2018 to 61% in 2019. This is the first time. So that's not to say Facebook isn't the most important. It still is. But what they are saying it is has lost market share. Marketers are now diversifying into other platforms like Instagram, Messenger, uh, YouTube even, for example, LinkedIn. This has happened for the first time in five years. So Facebook, they've already evolved the mobile environment if you're in the States, um, and the new design will be rolling out on desktop and mobile worldwide in coming months. It's, I guess it's hard to explain without screenshots on a podcast, but it's minimalistic. It's not as busy anymore. It's simple. Um, they're really trying to remove all the newsfeed junk, and the focus will now be on groups, events, videos, and marketplace, right? Say that again. Groups events, videos, and the marketplace. And let me go through some of these. In the conference, they talk about the newsfeed. They're going to call it now FB5, right? This is the new version of what the newsfeed is going to look like. There is going to be a huge focus on groups and events. Uh, there'll be a groups tab and a more of a personalized feed from the groups you've joined rather than that generalized update from your friends. Uh, there will be a group interaction option, which will show up whilst you're browsing other parts of Facebook. So for example, you might be on a video and there'll be an interaction icon there or a call to action there where you could share that with your group, for example. Also the buying side, I mentioned um, marketplace. Buyers will be directly able to check out on Facebook. Now this is something that they've announced in US and like they always do, sure enough, they'll probably release this maybe next year in the other parts of the world. Uh, but the key thing here is they'll have native support for shipping. So you don't have to use, you know, these silly third-party apps anymore. You don't have to send people off because Facebook does not want anyone to leave Facebook. If it, was up to, if it was up to them, everyone just lives there and breeds there. But now you can have a product, the checkout, the fulfillment, all that integration happen would happen in Facebook. Uh, and the money lands up in ends up in your account. Uh, Facebook dating is another big one that you might have heard about or whispers of. Uh, find matches based on things you may have in common. This is really interesting, and it's it's kind of once you say it out loud, it's like wow, have why haven't they done this sooner? So it it is like a dating site, right? Sure, they're going to be competing with matchmaker, I don't know, I'm not in that market, I don't know what they're called, matchmaker.com, whatever they are, right? But it's kind of like that, but this is based on behavioral dating, right? So based on what you're doing, what your interests are, maybe what events you've been to, Facebook knows already uh, your race and your religion and what you like and how much money you have, even if you don't tell them. So it's behavioral dating, it's very, very interesting. Your dating profile will be separate to your main profile and only people on Facebook dating will know you have a profile. 
That's interesting. There you go. Um, jobs and are also getting more features and templates. They haven't. They didn't talk about that too much, but I've already noticed this. Last week, uh, where uh, the Panda Clan is expanding, and we're hiring, looking to hire a new digital uh, marketing account manager. So if you're interested in, in the Sydney re- region, hit us up. But that aside, so I noticed all I did was I went on our page, I shared uh, the Seek.com link, so that's a job network. I shared it there. And automatically, it created a job. Like it automatically created a title and a location based on what location we had specified on our profile setup. It did automatically. It didn't even ask me, right? Uh, And that's cool. That's cool. I guess what they're trying to do is trying to get people to nudge them, try to use Facebook uh, for jobs as well. So there's more features and templates coming here, although I don't know what they are yet. Now, although Facebook are saying they're focusing on groups and communities now on Facebook, what they are saying that, what they're really saying when you look, kind of peel the, the covers a little bit, is it's more around public groups now. So if you look at your nucleus, like your inner circle, right, your friends and your family, the ones you speak to on a daily basis or in a weekly basis, whatever, those people, they want you to interact with them on Messenger. If you broaden the net a little bit, sort of acquaintances and groups and whatever, that's what Facebook is about now. It's about those public groups. Um, they want to shift your personal relationships to Messenger and more your public groups and interests on Facebook. Interesting place where they're moving. Obviously, they're trying to hedge their bets, um, take your personal side and your public side as well. Instagram, uh, they are updating the app as well. A uh, couple of, there will be now create mode. So, you know, if you don't always have a photo or a video you want to share, uh, a lot of these features you already have, but they're creating a dedicated uh, section called create mode. And, you know, you've seen things like stickers and countdowns, quizzes. Uh, obviously, now it's going to be separate. They are removing, uh, what are they removing? They're removing likes, like accounts. So Instagram is known as one of the, I guess, nicer relatively nicer networks uh, as opposed to Facebook. That's where, you know, they've had a lot of, I guess, criticism around bullying and that sort of thing. Instagram is known to be a little bit nicer in that regard, but it's a very competitive network. Likes, likes, likes. It's very, very important. Now, uh, like counts aren't going to be there. You can count all the people who've liked them if you want. You'll see the people, but the count won't be there. Interesting. This kind of dovetails into their take on bullying. Now, this they have admitted that you know them tackling bullying, and they do have a responsibility to the global community. That's where a lot of bullying happens. It behoves them to have that duty of care. They are taking this on. Um, they are saying it will take years, but they are looking at certain features that they will be releasing, like comment filters, nudges, so you can nudge people if they're a little bit aggressive. Is that in itself bullying? I don't know. Uh, away mode, when you might have a sensitive moment in your life so on and so forth. So good to see at least they're paying some mind to it. So using Facebook services will be fundamentally a different experience. Like if you look maybe fast forward a year from now, two years from now, it's going to be markedly different. The newsfeed, as you know it, will be dead. Messenger is going to be very, very different. There's going to be more of a community. It'll be a little bit more like some of your other social apps, you know, like Instagram, Snapchat, integrating some features there. WhatsApp is going to be around business. uh, Sorry, WhatsApp is going to be around what it always has been. The core of it is messaging and calling, but also businesses now have a huge play there. And that soon is going to be monetized as well. So what should marketers do? Now, I've got a couple of quick takeaways for you. Firstly, this is in summary if you haven't picked up on some of these already. Summary tip one, forget the Facebook newsfeed. 
Your peers, other marketing managers, are already losing interest in Facebook. It's no longer important to them. And when you consider from the audience's point of view, Facebook essentially will be killing the newsfeed as we know it. Secondly, explore Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp for business a little bit deeper. We've spoken about this in previous episodes. You've heard all the buzz. I won't go too much further, but take another look at it and explore it a little bit deeper. Now, the good news is, say you haven't done anything in this space before, or you're a stubborn B2B marketer, you reckon none of these apply, uh, it's not too late. It's not too late to jump on, um, particularly with WhatsApp for Business. It has had a, a slower take up, and the opportunity is still there. Set up an account, download it on your phone, uh, download it on your uh, desktop or PC, and if you do have a customer service team, then at least give that to them and look at ways that you can start integrating it. If you are a bigger company, which takes me to my third point, investigate whether the Messenger platform API has opportunities for you. So APIs are great to integrate systems, right? That's what they're good for. You can interface a, 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 an accounting system with a marketing automation system, with a job board system, whatever. And if you're a bigger company, it might be worth you checking that out. Now, they're currently rolling access out in beta, so you do have to apply. Um, I'll share the link in the show notes, which will be redpandas.com.au forward slash EP102. Have a look. Fourthly, there is life in Instagram yet. Instagram is now the second most important social platform for marketers for the first time in 2019. So um, again, same report I referenced earlier, the social media examiner report, which I'll also link in the show notes, found that they were now the second, Instagram is now the second most important platform. The third one, if you're curious, is LinkedIn, and it's behind by one or two percent. I can't remember the figures, but LinkedIn also has grown um, considerably for marketers. So that's another platform you should look at as well, particularly, especially if you're in B2B. Five, the fifth tip, video is still important. You've got Facebook Watch, Facebook folks, even the new version of Facebook is going to have the whole video tab on it. It's going to be a key focus. Instagram, Instagram TV, dare I say more. These are going to be markedly important to you. Now, I want to move on to the next buzz, and that is, is HubSpot too expensive? I get questions, comments, criticisms, uh, positives about HubSpot all the time. This is not a question about whether HubSpot is any good. I want to make that clear from the outset. HubSpot is a phenomenal tool. Red Pandas are a plow, a plowed, we're a proud platinum partner. And that's not really a label I would want for my business if HubSpot wasn't. And to be honest, not really a label. I wouldn't really want a platinum partner label for any other automation tool. Not that they are bad, they really are picking up steam. But HubSpot is just so easy to use. Their tools are always developed on trend, what's happening in the marketplace. And their people and their culture is world-class. If you want to find that out deeper, check out my interview with Katie Burke, who's the head of people and culture at HubSpot. Episode 43, you can access it on Spotify, iTunes, or redpandas.com.au forward slash EP43, where she talks about culture as a competitive advantage. Uh, slightly different kind of you know podcast that we've done, one that I really, really enjoyed, using your culture and your people to separate yourself from the masses. No one does it better than them. Major respect. That's all well and good, right? But everything has a price. Is a Mercedes a great car? Uh, yes, or maybe you don't think so, but yes, sure, most people would say that. 
but should it be the first car you buy for your 18-year-old son or daughter? Uh, questionable, right? Questionable choice there. Now, I want to start this off with a thread that was posted on the HubSpot community that I also will link to in the show notes. It was posted by a contributor, N. Gurney, and he talks about the fact this was actually almost a year ago to the date. He talks about we bought the CRM and the sales hub and we're excited we could get so much for $50 per user. We, we were a small team, so it worked perfectly. I was excited about the future updates of HubSpot especially what was announced at Inbound 2017, et cetera, et cetera. But then he talks about the fact that there is a service hub cost. Uh, he doesn't talk about the sales pro, but sales pro, obviously they changed their pricing with sales as well. And the gist of his comment and really what sparked me to talk about on the podcast was, I really hope HubSpot will take note of how they are treating their smaller customers and realize we need their product too. So it got me to thinking, is HubSpot too expensive? And I think the best way to answer that question is to look at two factors. Firstly, is it too expensive for sales or marketing? Are you coming from a sales perspective or are you coming from a marketing perspective? And secondly, if you hadn't guessed it already, whether you are a small business or a medium-large enterprise business, so the size of your business. So what is the answer? From a marketing perspective, in my honest opinion, no, but for a medium-sized company and up, so medium, large, enterprise, whatever, for those companies, it is not expensive from a marketing standpoint. Now, from a marketing toolset standpoint, when I say marketing, I'm talking about marketing automation, email marketing, social media tools, landing pages, forms, that sort of thing. Now, they say that it is for small business, but really it's not because the trade-offs, honestly, guys, are pretty huge. So, for example, with the free version of HubSpot, you get forms, but they have powered by HubSpot. I don't care whether you have been in business for 10 years or you've been in business for 10 days. You want to have a professional presence. That's my opinion. Having a form or a website that has powered by something free or whatever isn't a professional look. It doesn't show that you're applying any real you know, commercial professionalism. Now, obviously, there are exceptions to every rule, right? So for, say, you're a community page or a non-for-profit uh, charity like a smaller charity or bigger charities of course need to also have that level of professionalism for those it's okay to have that the other thing as well is there's no automation automation should not be reserved for the rich and i apologize if i sound like a politician campaigning australia just had a uh, an election so maybe it's kind of spilled over in my head a little bit but it, it shouldn't be reserved for budgets right from a sales perspective however if i want to answer the question is hubspot too expensive uh, I'd say no for almost everyone, really. It is good for small business. It's good for large business and, and larger business businesses as well. It's solid. And that's the, the distinction I want to make. I believe that HubSpot, from a marketing perspective for small business, isn't there. It's not right for them. It is too expensive for them. But from a sales perspective, you just have to look at the features, right? And this is the free version. Unlimited users, which is quite unique actually. Zoho is 10. Insightly, I think, is about two users. Uh, contacts, you get, it's, they might as well say unlimited. They say 1 million. That's probably so people don't load it up with just gunk and gunk and gunk and scripts and stuff. The big gotcha, of course, with the contacts is if you add them in HubSpot CRM and you add 100, you add 1,000, you add 20,000, whatever, right? That's cool. But say then you buy HubSpot marketing the CRM is going to sync with marketing because the CRM is the underpinning uh, part of all, all of HubSpot. If you use both apps, 
you are going to be charged by the number of contacts. So for HubSpot Pro, for example, starts with a thousand contacts. It goes up and up and up. So you are going to be charged by that. Now, this is obviously not an issue if you just use the CRM module, but if you then decide to migrate or evolve or expand the tool set to marketing, it could get quite expensive for you. You get deals with the CRM, right? This is in the free version. You can set up deal pipelines. You can set up tasks, email notifications, templates, document storing, the list goes on. So small and medium businesses using traditional sales structures will find the app very efficient indeed and very easy to use. So let's compare the features on the marketing side. Well, let's look at free and starter. So free is the one that I said uh, you get forms where it says it's powered by HubSpot and you do get some features. Obviously, you get the CRM there. You get contact activity. So if someone fills out a form, you can see what they did, what pages they visited. Of course, it's not automated though. You have to go and look at that contact. You have to remember to go into that contact record and see what they look at, looked at. But specifically around the marketing side, the marketing tools, with free, you don't get any email marketing, which there is a free version of MailChimp where you do. There's no social media tools. There's no blogging tools, no SEO tools, no custom reports, no marketing automation. So marketing automation, the ability to send a stream of user-triggered emails, for example, three days apart, four days apart, based on what pages they visited, SMSs, that sort of thing. You can't do that. So Starter is a little bit better, and I think the Australian uh, fee is $68 per month or something. It removes the unprofessional-looking Powered by HubSpot label, and you do get an email builder. You do get an email marketing builder, but really nothing too much more than that, nothing to phone home about. You need to spend $1,050 Australian dollars for Marketing Pro. In 2019, again, you do not need to be disadvantaged by the size of your business to do marketing automation. For some businesses, $1,000 may be their entire media budget, right? They, they can't be paying that for a small platform. You can use tools like Active Campaign, for example. Active Campaign, uh, you can do almost the same type of automation you can do in HubSpot. It's also pretty user friendly as well. If a HubSpot is a, a 9 out of 10, the Active Campaign is 7.5 or an 8. It's still pretty good. Um, there are other cons as well as far as pricing goes for smaller businesses. There is a 12-month contract. So some small businesses, you know, if you've started business in the last sort of three months, six months, 12 months, uh, signing up for a 12-month commitment, which is longer than the size, the length of your business, is a, a bit of an ask. There's also a steep price creep, as are in all software as a service uh, platforms, um, marketing and sales automation, so some, you know, the idea of marketing sales automation together is say something happens on the marketing side and I want to automate a deal. So that's marketing and sales automation. I can't just use marketing pro. I need to get sales pro as well, which is another $500 per month. So there is that price creep. So to summarize, is HubSpot too expensive for what you get? It does depend on who you are. If you're a small business and need marketing tools, yes, it is too expensive in my opinion. If you are a small business and all you need is the sales side, then no, it's not. It is very robust and very powerful, very professional. For a medium business, irrespective of um, whether you need sales or marketing, I don't think so. I think HubSpot is not expensive and it's ideal if you have, say, even just a small team in your business. In fact, if you do use it properly, one of the things that we say all the time at Red Pandas is it's like saving yourself hiring another team member. It makes you efficient. It makes you a smart marketer. It's just not for a sole trader. 
and I'd love to be convinced otherwise. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you learned something from it. Please uh, share it with someone who you think may find it of value and subscribe if you haven't already. You know where to reach me at Moby Sadiq on Twitter or Moby at redpandas.com.au. And that's it. I'll join you again for another episode of Inbound Buzz. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.